welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. just before he went back to heaven. He has died, he's been risen from the dead, and um, you may be familiar with some of these. Let's read, first of all, from Matthew 28, uh, and in verse 18, there it is. Jesus said, uh, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. What a great promise. You know, that wherever you go, Jesus is with you. And, uh, and what a great commandment. Uh, and then, of course, at the end of the book of Mark, you can probably guess where I'm going with this. This is another well-known verse uh, in Mark, verse, uh, chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus said, go into all the world, Oh, they went into a tomb. Missed that one. All right, all right. Uh, now we're reading Psalms. Okay, um, it's all right, I'll read it. You can listen. Mark 16, verse 15. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Preach the good news. There it is. Oh, she's quick. Look. All right. Now I'm going to read an obscure scripture. But I, no, no, no. And then I want to read one more. Look, those two verses, as you know, uh, probably, as you know, uh, known as the Great Commission, Jesus giving us this charge. Um, and then when you read the book of Acts, in the first chapter, you see Jesus giving some instruction as to how to fulfil that commission. Because in Acts chapter 1, again, he's with the um, disciples. It says he was eating with them because he was there for quite a few days, hanging out and giving them some final words of instruction, encouragement and charge, and as I said, playing on to us as well. And it says in Acts 1.4, Jesus said, Do not leave Jerusalem until the... Oh, we've got a different version. Maybe I'll pick a different version. Okay. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. As I told you before, John baptised with water, but in just a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. And then if you jump down to verse 8, Jesus said this, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And as you probably know, that's just ever-increasing areas of influence, from the city of Jerusalem to the surrounding province of Judea to the further northernmost area of Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so we're doing this series, we're calling it Christianity 101. We're talking about some of the basic building blocks of our faith, of what it is to be a Christian and what we should be believing and doing. And of course, this one is the area of evangelism, witnessing, soul winning, telling people about Jesus. And it's no more key aspect of the Christian faith. And in fact, Ruth and Byron. Uh, I didn't think we really had 
deep discussions about what we're talking about today, but we've already had this theme coming through, these guys talking about their faith uh, and sharing it. Um, and, uh, you know, those verses are probably very familiar to many of us. Um, I love what Joyce Meyer once said. She said, look, we often look for a new word, but what we really need is a now word. And that came to me when I was looking at this, because... Um, it's something that we've heard before, but it's something that we need to keep hearing and doing and being reminded and refreshed. And so I trust that, uh, you know, you feel encouraged, even if you've heard some of the things I've said, even if before, or if you've read those scriptures before, try hopefully not to, you know, just miss what God's wanting to remind us of. Um, because uh, as we just prayed and situations like in New Zealand and other areas in our world, there's no more important time for us to know the importance of sharing God's love with the world. And, uh, and so we carry that. Uh, it's, it's not meant to be a, a weight to burden us, but it's a great responsibility, you know, that we have been given this commission from Jesus. As you've heard it said before, not a great suggestion, a great commission. And, uh, and that's something that's important, but it's also something that can be exciting. Because if you hear the talk of evangelism and soul winning, like me, maybe you've thought, oh, it's a little intimidating, or it's not quite me. Or, But I believe when we look into the scriptures and press into God, we can find ways that it can be exciting, can be real and refreshing and fun for me and you, regardless of who you are and your personality. Um, you know, earlier this week, I was uh, down in... Brookvale, yesterday I was down in Brookvale. Notice I said down in Brookvale. I just want to say something for young people. If you're talking about Sydney, it's down, okay, because it's south. Um, I, I don't know. I happen to know some young people who remain nameless, but they tend to be in my house a lot, um, who say they go up to Sydney. And I think, no, 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 you go down. Is it it's only. Anyway, so, so, uh, so I was down in Brookvale and uh, I drove past. The warehouse that used to house our church, what is now C3 Oxford Falls, was Christian City Church back in the day. And there's this great big warehouse, and that's where uh, we went to Bible college, where Ruth and I got married, um, and uh, and where the church was, and where. And I was reminded uh, when I looked looked at it of um, probably the biggest meeting ever in that in that building, where there would have been at least two thousand people, maybe closer to 3,000 people, packing the place out because Reinhard Bonnke was in town. And in case you don't know, Reinhard Bonnke is a German evangelist who's been preaching in Africa for decades and he had a call from God to go to Africa. And in his uh, way, he, uh, you know, just a great larger-than-life figure, great evangelist, and his catch cry has always been, um, what does he say, we plunder hell to populate heaven. And, uh, and 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 uh, the other one was uh, uh, from from Cape Town to Cairo. The uh, what does he say? Africa will be saved, you know. And so he's a great, strong uh, German guy, and uh, you know he's seen something like seventy-five million decisions for Christ through his crusades over the decades. And now he's in his late seventies. He's handed over a lot of the active uh, ministry. Daniel Colenda might be a name you know. has taken up Christ all nations leadership of that ministry. Um, but back in the 1980s, Reinhard Bonnke was, you know, right in his prime uh, peak season. And so he preached 
uh, in the church there on a Sunday night, amazing meeting, you know. And then the next day, um, Ruth and I were asked uh, to drive him and his wife to the airport. <coughs> so that was a great privilege. We were very excited. Um, we even had a German car to drive him to the airport in. We had an Audi. Now, you hear the word Audi, and I know you're thinking of a nice modern Audi. There's a lot of them these days there. I don't know what year this Audi was. It was Ruth's. It, it was what you brought into the marriage, you know, apart from your good looks and personality and everything. Neither of us brought a lot of money in. We both, my bombing car that I brought in was a 1976 Corona, lime green, um, with an, a Hoogar horn, which, um, you know, I didn't put on, but it was kind of weird and, and embarrassing at the same time. Uh, and Ruth brought in the family old bomby Audi, 19 whatever model, you know, it was really, it died, I don't know, I don't remember selling it, I think it just died. But anyway, that was the car, we did it as best we could to clean up, we thought, well, it's as good as we got. And uh, so anyway, we went to pick up Mr. and Mrs. Bonky and drove them to the airport, and I remember driving thinking, I'm going to remember every part of this conversation, so I can say, in conversation, oh, when I was driving around Sydney with Reinhardt the other day, and drop into conversation <laughs> things that he said, because the other day is a relative term, you know? 30, 40 years later, I can say the other day. I mean, it implies recently, but it doesn't specify exactly when, you know. But anyway, I've forgotten everything that was said. Um, no, not true. I do remember two things that were discussed in that, in that drive to the airport. One um, was that we told him about a friend who had, we had just finished Bible college. I think we had finished first year. We were, that's right. We were going into second year Bible college. So it would have been 1987. And... Um, and a friend of ours had graduated from Bible college and he had gone to start a church, just gone up to Queensland and said, I'm starting a church. And he had no uh, sending, no uh, covering, and we just thought as pastoral kind of people, that's just wrong and, uh, you know, you, you're going to miss God's will and it's not going to work and what are you doing and, you know, wait and... Anyway, and he had just gone, and I asked Reinhard Bonke, I said, what, did you, what do you think, this friend of ours? He just says, you know, he's on fire and he wants to get people saved, but he's just gone to start a church without any covering and all that. And, uh, and Reinhard Bonke couldn't see the problem. He just was such an evangelist. He said, well, that's fantastic. God bless him. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, but he had it. And I realised I'm not getting anywhere here. I, I, and then I just thought, okay, so you're really an evangelist. Like, you're really not a pastor, you know. And praise God we have the five-fold ministry gifts that we were talking about last week in the courtyard. Uh, and that, that guy uh, was smart enough after a few years of gathering young people and getting him saved to realise he also was an evangelist, not a pastor, and he brought his whole young crazy church and joined another church where there was a pastor to look after them. And then he went off into business and he's been a great Christian uh, evangelist in the workplace for years ever since. Um, the other thing that I uh, heard Reinhard Bonke say also reflected his strong evangelistic heart was we were very excited because I remember 35 people had come to the Lord that night, the night before, and we got in the car and I remember one of the first things I said was, oh, Pastor Reinhard, or Evangelist Reinhard, you know, I probably called him pastor out of habit and you know, realising, well, he's certainly not a pastor after the conversation you know, I just mentioned. But I said, uh, oh, you know, last night, 35 people got saved. And he just went, uh, oh, well, I guess every soul counts. <laughs> 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 it, 
<laughs> he was a little deflated by that. And then that made more sense when we asked him, you know, what, what, uh, what was happening, you know, and the next he said, well, this week we go to Nigeria, we will have one million people, and I expect 200,000, you know, will come to the Lord, you know. <laughs> I'm going to think, okay, so I guess 35 doesn't sound that great. But, but, um, but every soul counts. And, um, and I just remember thinking, look, he was so on fire uh, for seeing people born again. Um, that's, that's something that we can all catch and should all run with and should still ask God's help to fan the flame to keep burning in us, regardless of our personal gifting or, or calling, because, you know, he's like evangelist of the max, and some of us might be like that. Many of us may not be so strongly gifted in that way, but we're all still called uh, to share our faith. And so if you look back in that passage we read in the book of Acts, Jesus says a few things that's really worth taking note of. He says, you'll be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. In other words, use everyone who's going to follow him. It was the initial followers and disciples. But for us too, you is use. All of us. yeah. Uh, and will means it's not an option. It's our calling. It's his will. It's his plan. He has enlisted each of us as the main communicators of the good news about Jesus to the world around us. Right? Uh, and I mentioned last week, the church, you know, God could have said, look, everyone sit back, watch, step away because you'll mess it up. I'm going to send some angels or some supernatural way. Ta-da! There's a fancy new gold-plated church building. Ta-da! There's perfect ministry and music provided by angels that are, you know, never going to make a mistake. And he could do the same with soul winning and evangelism, but he doesn't. He chooses us. And... Uh, and so that's for us to take a hold of. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it could be a little daunting if, if that's all there was. We could probably feel like, yeah, well, if that doesn't suit my personality, I, oh, I'm a little challenged. But I would still be doing the wrong... Th- I, 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 I would still need to press into that and obey God, even if it is daunting or intimidating, because it's God's will. You know what I'm saying? So it's not good enough to say, well... I don't feel like it or it's not my calling or it's not my gifting. Jesus has given it to me as a commission. I need to take that on board and say, all right, I will. I will share my faith and talk about Jesus. The good news is it doesn't have to be intimidating and challenging and daunting and overwhelming because of a couple of other things that he says. He says, um, he talks about the role of the Holy Spirit. Notice he says, I'll, um, I'll send you the Holy Spirit. So he promises, and in doing so, he says you'll receive power from the Holy Spirit. So through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I mean, the Holy Spirit's there at salvation. We're all sealed in Christ in salvation. But we can experience baptism, the infilling gifts and empowerment from the Holy Spirit. That makes our job a whole lot easier. And as you probably know, the word Jesus uses in Greek when he says power from the Holy Spirit is the word dynamos from which we get the word dynamic or dynamite. In other words, real, life-changing, dramatic power. And so that's exciting because it means I don't have to do this by myself, in my own strength. Yeah? I can lean into God and say, oh, God, empower me. And that's why the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. You might not feel like a lion. You might not look like a lion. You might not, you know, but in God, becoming righteous in him, 
you are emboldened, you are empowered, you are, you know, charged to, to step up. Uh, and notice that power doesn't always mean dramatic, right hard, bonky kind of pulpit preaching. The power of God can be subtle, gentle, but still powerful. You know, it can just be the power of love, the power of grace, the power of wisdom in a conversation where you wouldn't normally say what you just said. You know those conversations? And you're praying and you're talking to someone about the Lord and you think, oh God, help me give me the words to say. And then you say something you think, that sounded pretty cool. <laughs> and they're really touched and you go like, well, I'm really, oh no, that's not me. Yeah, it was the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Like Ruth said last week, we were at this party for a motorbike mate of mine in the pub in Sydney. And there's a whole bunch of real eclectic bunch of people. And uh, there's a few girls there uh, who um, ride motorbikes. And uh, I was talking to one of them, young women, grown up women, um, uh, younger than me, so I guess it's all relative, young young woman. But uh, I'm talking to this woman and um, and uh, she tells uh, how, uh, you know, she met the guy because they were trying to fix their bike and he is a mechanic and, you know, they got, became friends. And so that was really cool. And we talked about motorbikes. And then we... Um, and then we got on to, oh, I don't know, life, general. I talked to my wife. She said, oh, you're single, you're married. And I said, no, my wife's just over there. She goes, oh, yeah, my wife couldn't make it. Oh, okay. And so this is a woman I'm talking to, and she's talking about her wife. So I realised, okay, well, there's a, a different lifestyle that I uh, have and what I'm normally used to. And then we got on to areas of faith, and she talked about uh, the pain that she'd experienced through uh, church growing up. And then she found out what I did for a living. I thought, oh, this conversation could really go south very quickly, you know. But I prayed as we're talking, silently, you'll be pleased to know. Um, uh, you know, just for the whole... And I felt the Holy Spirit give, you the, give me the words, you know, that, that sense where you just... And she leaned in to the conversation that we had about the Lord and about the love of God. And I get to tell her my story, how I came to know Jesus, why I do what I do, and... And, uh, and she was really touched, and I could see, you know, this was a really cool witness, and it was the power of the Holy Spirit, not in that dramatic sense, you know, but with the right words, wisdom and grace and love flowing through. It was really cool. Um, the other thing to notice in that passage, which, which is, again, this is really cool for us all to feel encouraged, is that Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. He doesn't say you will all be Reinhard Bonnke or Billy Graham or, you know, again, a dramatic kind of famous preaching evangelist. The same word that Jesus used for witness in the Greek language was the word they used for people who went to court to testify about something that they saw. So it's exactly what it implies. A witness saying, oh, yes, I saw this or I know this. I don't have to know the Bible back to front and be a theologian and put up with weird, challenging questions. I mean, God bless and thank you for those people who can really engage intellectually. You know, you watch some YouTube guys and you've got Ravi Zacharias. Or, is that his first name? Have I got his name? Uh, Ravi. I've got any, anyway, look, there's some very, it's Ravi someone, yeah. Clever theologians and they put them in front of, you know, universities and there's all these smart aleck 
people who are having a go saying, yes, but the Bible says this, and I'd like to point out that there's, you know, this problem, what about God and suffering and evolution and all that? And I would be hopeless. I would just say, shut up! Just, it, you just, the fool says in his heart, there's no God. You know, I'd, I'd just be angry that you just, you know, you know what I mean? I don't know if you're like that. I reckon Ruth's better. I'd say, Hang on, come on, what? Here, answer this ridiculously weird. Here, read this Timothy Keller book. That's what I do. So, yeah, read that. Uh, you know, here, read C.S. Lewis. But I, personally, I, I, I just get angry. I just think, oh, you're stupid, you know, but that's not going to win people, right? Um, <laughs> but uh, even though it's biblical, the Bible says there is, you know, the fool says there is no God, so they're being foolish, but it's not, yeah, perhaps the most winning strategy. Um, but. So, you look, you don't have to be a theologian, but you can be a witness. Because, you know, if you see an accident, a car accident, and the police say, all right, can you give us a statement? You're not going to say, oh, I'm sorry. sorry I, I don't have the gift of public speaking. I, I, I don't have that right personality. I'm too shy. A couple say, shut up. Just tell me what you saw. It's not that hard. You know, this guy smashed into that guy. I'm trying to figure out who's... It's not you saw it. Can you just say what you know? So God's touched your life, you're born again, you walk with Jesus, you know, you've seen, you've experienced. All you do is say what you know. Yeah? yeah? So that's cool, isn't it? It's just a witness. It's just saying what we know. And, uh, you know, Paul said to Timothy, you know, theologians tell us that Timothy um, was quiet, even timid kind of person. And yet Paul doesn't let him off the hook because he writes to him and says, do the work of the evangelist. Yeah, yeah. So I think, okay, so personality is, is, is not the key here, right? So regardless of your personality, everyone's got a different way of communicating, but we still all communicate. Yeah. And so with the personality God gave you, you can still share your faith, yeah. be a witness. And that's why we talk about a weekly witness, having this mindset, this preparedness that when I'm out and about, I'm not just hiding my little light under the bushel. I'm letting it shine and I'm looking for opportunities and maybe it's more than once a week, but at least once a week we figure if I'm prayerful and looking and open and obedient, God will open the door and there'll be someone there. And um, and so, you know, I told my story a couple of weeks ago, I think, uh, just how I became a Christian and, and, and we've all got our own story. And so each one of us should be able to Basically, just say three things. How my life was before I met Christ, how I met Christ, and how my life is different since I met Christ. And you might even write it down if you need to, if you haven't ever done that. But each of us should be able to share in just a few minutes, succinctly, clearly, what the difference God has made in our lives. And that's our witness. And so uh, that's not too hard, is it? That's simple. Um, And let me just... Give you i'll finish soon let me just share just a few really good reasons why we should share our faith the first one obviously is that it blesses other people who are going to hear the good news of jesus because uh it's the greatest news they'll ever hear yeah. really i mean don't think that just because people grow up in australia they've heard the gospel they've actually heard the good news about jesus they might have heard about jesus they might have heard about churchy things and God, but it's often clouded or misunderstood or misconstrued, uh, you know, because of bad experiences and prejudice and 
ignorance and even demonic influences, people don't get a clear picture of the gospel, the good news of really why Jesus came. Uh, but that's our job. And so um, uh, it's important. Uh, you know, uh, in Second Corinthians 4, uh, verse 4, uh, Paul writes and he says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers or clouded or, uh, or, or, or darkened so they cannot see um, the light of the gospel. And so, you know, there is a, a darkness over people's minds that can be prayed for and lifted and shaken. And that's why we need to pray. Um, but it can also come off when we're speaking. And sometimes you'll, you'll see the light come on oh. in someone's eyes, you know. And all this prejudice, all this sort of anti-Christ spirit that can rest on people so easily, this, you know, misinformation, fake news, as Donald would say, you know, that they've got about God and about his church. They'll just say, oh, no, no, no. But then they meet you and they talk and they go, you're different to what I thought a Christian was like. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's uh, this girl that I was talking about, you know, a couple of weeks ago in the pub. She said, she finished by saying, it's really nice to meet you. She said, you're a really good ambassador for what you do. <laughs> which was not her experience or her understanding or her assumption, you know, of Christians or ministers or... And, uh, and motorcycling helps. So uh, it's always good. It's like, wow, well, you... And I hear, oh, you're a good rider, but you're a Christian. Oh, that's so cool. Wow. So, wives there, another bike, Erin. There you go, Simon. Um, uh, and so, um, so we need to, yeah, like I said, we need to pray against that blindness, that darkness, and also bring the light that shines when you're talking to someone, uh, because that's how the darkness gets dispelled, you know. Um, and then they get to see that God is real and loving and gracious, and that you know, meeting Jesus can be life changing. Um, and the second reason, of course, to share our faith is that it's a blessing to the Lord, because uh, you know He's tasked us with the Great Commission because he loves people. And as you read in Second Peter um, chapter 3-ish, uh, God does not wish that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And so that's God's will. God does not want people to miss the good news. He loves them and wants everyone to hear. And so he's blessed. If you're out there sharing your faith, God is smiling. God is like, go son, go daughter. This is great. You are, you are helping. You are, you are, you know, part of my great plan. In just, you know, you may not be called to take a continent like Reinhard Bonnke, but, but, but in every conversation, one heart at a time, one person, yeah. Um, and uh, and notice also that you know when you talk to someone, it's it's always um, one part of the puzzle. You know, one more seed, or maybe you're watering the seed that someone else planted, or maybe you're there for the harvest. That's cool. But often someone else will be there for the harvest because it takes lots of seeds or lots of watering and people are alone. You know, the Billy Graham Association did research years ago and they said that uh, people need on average 14 different encounters with the gospel before they make a decision for Christ. And so you may be one of those 14 encounters. It might be just, you know, and you've seen the scale, you know, if, if, if one is becoming a Christian, they might be at a minus 10. They're a long way from God, but you just bring them to a minus 8. Oh, Christians aren't all that valid. Maybe Jesus isn't, or, oh, wow, you know. Um, 
and you've just planted that seed and just brought them closer to considering the claims of Christ and maybe being warmed in their heart and thinking, yeah, you know what, not ready yet, but oh, you know. And we've seen that. Some of you have come to church and thought, you know, oh, what's going on here? Uh, you know, and then you sort of keep coming and it's like, yeah, well, I guess they're pretty genuine and, wow, I feel the love of God. Wow, I really need to, okay, this is making sense. All right, I'm in, you know, and, and, that, and that process, uh, you know, might not take 20 minutes, it might take you know, 20 weeks. Um, and so, um, and then, of course, the third reason for, for why we should share our faith is it, it blesses you. Because it's going to, for several reasons, because it builds your faith, builds your confidence, uh, you know, it, um, it, it helps you define what you really believe. When you're, taught, when you're forced to talk about something and explain yourself, uh, it helps crystallise what, you, what your convictions really are, helps you figure out what you stand for. Yeah. It's like, oh, so you're a Christian. Yes, well, tell us about it. Oh, okay, and so you're going to, you know, not just a Sunday Christian, but a everyday Christian, and that's good for us. And then, of course, it just adds great meaning to our lives when we are aware. Like I said, we are realizing, man, I'm part of God's plan here. I'm being used by the Lord. I can feel something going on. I'm planting that seed, or I'm. This is. It's very exciting to lead someone to the Lord, or even just share your faith in that little way. And uh, that's a, a sense of accomplishment that we are all encouraged with. And so uh, there's no pressure. Uh, we just want to be honest, enthusiastic, authentic, telling our stories and prayerfully putting it out there for people to consider. Because the final thing I'll say is this. You don't have to make someone become a Christian. Yeah. Right? It's not our job. Jesus said, go and coerce. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> go and wrangle that person and twist their neck. Go and beat them with your butt. No, he didn't say that. He just said, go and preach. Go and make disciples when they make that decision. Yeah. So our job is to share. It's their job to decide. Yeah. You don't have to make that decision for someone. Yeah. I find that releasing. So if people want to reject it, okay. <laughs> but your conscience is clear. Yeah. At least you, you know, can uh, say, well, I've done my best. And you keep pressing in there. But um, I, I just want to, as I said, remind, refresh, encourage us to be on the front foot with our faith, yeah? And not just keep it to ourselves. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.